Welcome to Going Digital, where this week it is April Fool's, and as a result, you are stuck with me. And in my continuing quest to cover everything even slightly related to Digimon, or that could be used as a knockoff of it, this year we are focusing on a very strange series called Battle Programmer Shirase that I managed to get for about $4 from a sale from uh, Sentai Filmworks. You can get it there pretty often. It all comes on one Blu-ray because this series is incredibly short. See, it lasted uh, technically 15 episodes, but each of them was 12 minutes long. So basically every three episodes, which is how long comprises an arc, is one episode of a regular anime. In fact, if you buy the English release from Made in Japan, this is how it is set up on the disc. Everything is spliced together as five full episodes with the ending and opening once on each. But this is also somewhat infamous because this series was supposed to last a lot longer than it did, and the fact that it only got to five episodes is because it was abruptly cancelled 12 weeks in. In fact, the final three episodes were all run back-to-back as a burn-off on its final week of airing. And it's also notable for the fact that in 2003, it was one of the first series that referenced fansubs outside of Japan, because the final episode explicitly had the director apologize for their cancellation, not only to Japanese viewers but specifically to those who enjoy the show on TV, those outside the broadcast area who took special measures to watch the show on their PC monitors, and to everyone who watched it subtitled overseas without permission. This is pretty much the only notable thing about it, unless you are a strange trivia fan, in which case, technically, this is part of the extended Tenshi Moyo universe, which is probably why... Uh, Akira Shirase, the battle programmer of the title and our main character, has a great niece who is uh, constantly trying to get into his pants, who is like a sixth grader. This show has some questionable taste in gags, and um, yeah, there's a runner throughout... I'm just going to say five episodes because each arc is basically one episode. There's a runner throughout these five episodes where a character has to hire him, who is the same guy every time, just in a different job. And every time he comes in to hire him, he will discover Akira and his niece 
in what looks like a filthy position and then have the same weird galaxy brain internal monologue where he tells himself, Ah, oh, I'm terrible for not reporting this to anyone, but I need his help. I saw nothing. Literally the same thing every time. And, um... This show has a very Yakuza, the game series, energy to it, but not the very good current firing on all cylinders Yakuza. The early, oh, there's some very problematic things that we will remove in the remakes because we have grown as creators and learned better Yakuza. Um, we'll get there. Rather than cover all 15 episodes... I just want to focus on the last two, because it'll give us a good cross-section of everything that's going on, and how these cases work, and also the complete abrupt F.U. the series ended on. So, let's talk about episode four, BPS Married Off, which sounds like a YouTube thumbnail, and of course that means that I know what the art is going to be for this episode. The uh, the show generally revolves around Shirase getting involved in some weird case of the week by the aforementioned schmuck who's going to make the same monologue every time, and then he will be asked to use his skills because the professor has referred someone to him for help. And over the course of the series, the running theme is that he went to a trade school, then dropped out when it wasn't what he thought, but that's where he became a god-tier programmer. And then he just went to college, and now he's a lazy otaku slacker. His grandniece is constantly hanging around, and because this is a Tenshi Moyo-adjacent series, uh, I did not mention earlier, but she is explicitly a character in the Pretty Sammy Magical Girl universe— she is constantly trying to hit on him. She actually gets jealous in the finale that he is spending time with a girl of his own age. It's real creepy. And so he walks home one night from a internet meetup, which are pretty much the only thing that gets him out of his house, and discovers his niece's teacher, completely shit-faced, sleeping in the middle of the road. However, this is where we learned that they also went to high school together, and this is where I got the big Yakuza energy off the series, because we have a flashback wherein she starts pile-driving dudes in an arcade to help out a young Akira. It's, uh, it's a pretty trippy scene, especially because, again... She is a glasses-wearing schoolgirl performing wrestling moves in what is some of the best episode of this arc. Best animation of this arc. So, she is completely drunk off her ass because her parents are forcing her into an arranged marriage meeting ceremony the next day. She then steals a cop's bike and drives off. Meanwhile, we cut to our recurring villains who... This is pretty much the only reason I'm covering... Episode 4, because they are not in the finale. They are just two doofuses who run a company. One of them refers to himself as the King of America. And their company motto is, Always pay cash with a smile. 50% true is basically 100% true. 
Our subjectivity is objective. It's not a lie until you apologize for it. Do anything to make a profit. Always act on instinct. And cute is what we aim for. The, these guys are actually really good, goofy characters. I kind of enjoy them because they're not as overly perverse. Uh, the entire scheme this time is that they are going to create a device that... Oh, I, I should also mention, computers are magic in this show. You should just not even think that programming or hacking or anything uh, reflects real world in any way. But, you know, we're talking about this on a show that's generally about Digimon. So the plan is to create the ultimate system to ensure that dating is perfect, which is the high aphrodisiac system. It is going to be used at a hotel where marriages uh, and resort meetings happen to make sure that every client is a successful match. So we, uh, we get to the fact that Akira's mother shows up and goes, you are a loser, but you come from a great family, and we do have to try and marry you off. Surprise, surprise. The person who he is set to go with is uh, the niece's teacher, because why not? The two of them are there, and this is when the gentleman has to say, hey, I need your help because we were sent a letter that gives us, quote, advance notice of crimes. And it tells about the high aphrodisiac system and says, don't worry, you can thank us later for how much this is going to do for your resort. Our bill will come due after the testing is over. So they would be happy about this, except for the fact that the system does not discriminate. And so as a result, the father of one pairing immediately started macking on his daughter and the staff are all having affairs with each other now and it's a wild thing <laughs> it's actually one of the gags that started making me crack up because if we're gonna go etchy with it why not actually have the consequences of a system like that yeah how would it be just the people who are there when you have entire rooms full of folks being affected by this it's great anyway um at this point, the episode goes how you would expect. The villains are just trying to hack the building and make as many weird romantic comedy meet-cute things happen. They trap Shirase in an elevator with the intended bride. They turn on the system, whatever. And at this point, characters who appeared earlier in the show, uh, in this episode, we start having callbacks. Clearly, the show was just finding its footing as it was shot in the head, because this is where one from earlier on, who also looks like a 12-year-old because this show is garbage, uh, is the leader of UNIT, U.S. Naval IT, the Navy Cybercrime Division, who all explicitly work in a submarine that exists under squid ink somewhere. It's weird. It's it's clearly a dry docked sub that they just like pour water on so they can occasionally go uh submerge. Anyhow, uh 
Despite this show predating Shinzo Abe's election by two years, there is a very weird speech in the middle that's all about how marriage is great and we should be breeding more. And it's like, ugh, this is kind of creepy. And that's... All right. I have to admit, the best gag is that because I bought this on Blu-ray, a series from 2003 looks excellent. They clearly cleaned it up, and this means I can read the text on the screen on the villains when the unit submarine counterhacks them to bail Shirase out. And they write on the screen that they have been infected with a microwave virus that is going to turn every affected device in the house into a microwave and cook them alive, which actually detonates the whole building. And let me find this text. Here we are. Uh, I am I am going to read this off the way it is written on the screen. I cannot read the emote, but you can probably tell where it goes. M microwave. Hi, my name is Mrs. Micro. Nice to meet you. Today, present for you by my favorite item. See you again. And then error messages tell them that they have been infected with the microwave virus. So, yeah. Yeah, this show is alternatively very good and very bad. And speaking of very bad, we have to talk about the Battle Programmer Shirase finale. <sighs> All right. This episode is clearly meant to be where the show was going to ramp up. It's where we start getting more information about the school he was working for. It's where we add a little more to the cast. It's where there's an actual threat rather than just being full-on farce. And it is clearly where they knew they were being canceled because the previous or the preview for it in the last episode goes I'm sure there will be a season 2 and 3 when again this is the middle of the show so they knew they were not going to get more and there's also a very very weird aspect to this because the police come to Shirase the instant this episode's the the arc, whatever it is, the episode, starts and tell him someone is kidnapping engineers, programmers, all kinds of brain geniuses, to what end we don't know. So we are explicitly tagging in you, person who is known to the police and who has worked with us, that you may be targeted, you should be on the lookout, and you might want like some kind of self-defense. There's actually a really good bit in a store where the guy clowns on him because he is such an otaku. Oh, you're buying the self-defense stuff for when fights break out in those doujinshi queues? And so he gets flash bombs, which will come into play later. But the whole arc is that he has taken a job to make ends meet at a little software firm that is just in a generic building. The bottom floor of it is a pub, and specifically a hostess club, that A, has some great sign gags. I love Nico Nico Do Limited and Rolax Limited, as well as the Dark Money Trading Association. 
but there is also a recurring thing in this series that uh, Neko Miminini Mimizuku is a weird cat girl fetish thing that he's a fan of, and so the club upstairs from his work is a hostess club themed in that, which is how they get him with a young woman who seems to be completely innocent of any of this is used to entrap him, and her roommate is the one who is actually in on this and trying to capture him. The roommate is drawn as a drag queen, transvestite, whatever, but they never, at least in the subtitles, use anything but female pronouns, but they explicitly have her strip down and show a package underneath bondage gear. So, yeah, this show's real great on a lot of levels, and that's why I'm going to tell you that maybe you should not buy it unless you're prepared to cringe a lot. But, yeah, uh, there's a kidnapping. They are taken to a helicopter. The worst part of this entire arc is definitely where the cleanest animation in the whole finale is his hand trying to get a cell phone out of her pocket when they're tied up back to back in the helicopter and she's squirming around clearly getting off on the feel of this and he's like wiggling his hand it's <sighs> This whole episode is just a competition for what is the worst possible thing that could be happening. And, uh, good news, the final seconds of the show are actually the worst part. So yeah, uh, there's a whole side plot which is completely unnecessary about how his niece is now a cheerleader and they put the camera in some places that you don't want to know about, but it's very loving shots. And then he gets out of the helicopter by getting her cell phone, blindly vibrate typing, again, on a 2003 cell phone. It's explicitly an iMode earlier in the show. And he alerts the Coast Guard, alerts the cops, gets the air traffic control to home in on the helicopter he's in, and that's when the pilot reveals... Ah, yes, I was the instructor at that technical school you went to. Let's just call this one even, since you got one over on us. He leaps out, but the helicopter is programmed to land safely. And clearly this was going to be building to something that will never come up again. And then the final shot is the niece sneaking into his apartment at night and going... Well, since you couldn't come to my debut cheer routine, here. And she flashes him in a trench coat with the cheerleading uniform on, but the lights are out. So he does not get to see it, and he is incredibly crushed by this. Yeah, that's where the show ends. That's where the show ends, is him reciprocating weird incestual lusts for a uh, preteen. Battle Programmer Shirase is... Definitely a thing that I would warn you to get discounted if you want to watch it, because there are laughs to be had. 
It is a clever show at times, but it is the worst kind of skeezy that any Tenchi product made after 2000 has. That's what you should be aware of going in, and that's why you should probably not be sad that this ended so abruptly. I would love to know what the story was that got this killed so hard, because its time slots seem to be something that was allowed to be a little more explicit, but I don't know. There was no soundtrack to this that I could find. I actually had to get a single rip of the opening for the introduction this week. And with that, we'll return to normal service next week. I hope you had a good time and uh, did not run anything over cringing if you listened to this in your car. Thank you. And from all of us at the Riceball Network, you can email us at thericeballnetwork at gmail.com if you have questions or would like to tell Garrett to never let me do things like this again. And there are other shows like Journey Through the Decacast and one whose name has not yet been announced, which are coming up because 2020 is the year where we have all decided to expand right before the world goes to hell, like Digimon who live in it. Thank you, and I'll see you around.